0: Thank you, Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, we give you glory and we give you honor this morning. We thank you, Lord, even for this season, Lord, that there are more people aware of your birth, Lord. And help us to seize every opportunity we can, Lord, to use it for your glory. Lord, to to direct their attention to the true meaning of Christmas, what it's really all about, God, that they might know not just the baby but the God of Christmas, the Savior, the Redeemer. Lord, we ask you to be in our midst this morning, continue to speak to our hearts and our minds. And, Lord, we just want to magnify you and give you the glory. We thank you for every opportunity as we've heard the testimonies of just being able to go and be a blessing in our community. And, Father, we pray that you would continue to open the doors that we can we can bless even greater and more. Hallelujah. Not just in this season, but throughout the year, God, that they would know that you are alive and well and you're operating in this region and in this city. And through this people, we give you praise and we ask you to speak to our hearts this morning. Move every obstacle. Move every distraction. Hallelujah. And that we may hear what it is that you desire to say unto each and every one of us. We thank you for salvation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Be seated. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So how are we doing this morning? Are we blessed? Are y'all ready for Christmas? I was wondering, I mean, I I feel like this. We We should always be ready for Christmas. We should be ready for Christmas in February. Huh? Amen. It's all about Him year round, not just waiting for December. Amen. I know that we've designated, you know, that day has been set aside, Amen, for recognizing the birth of Christ, and He, we, we got to acknowledge he, he was born. Amen, and He is our Savior. It is about Him on that day, and not we ourselves. Amen. So as we prepare our hearts to go before Him and just hear what He has to say, you know just in tune ourselves, you know, there's a lot of things that we can hear and we can say about the Christmas holiday, the Christmas season, amen, but I always have to say, always remember that it's about him, amen, sometimes we get upset because we're not getting what we want, you know, I told my wife what I wanted for Christmas and they laughed at me, but that don't mean they're not going to get me, (laughs) Uh-uh. I'm just messing with him, amen, but truly, it's, you, know, cause, you know, even as she was talking about the little boy, amen, if we can just get that and be that quick that it's not about me, it's not about what I want, amen, but it's all about him, and what does Christ want, what is the whole purpose behind all of this? You know, and you know, as we, as we talk, and, and again, I just want to put in my my encouragement that we come on out on Christmas morning at 8 a.m. So you know, my, my, a couple of my grandkids came to me and said, you know, I, that's kind of early. I mean, I actually more than have been coming in. That's kind of early. Why do you say 8 o'clock? And I, say, and I tell them, I say, look, if, if we wasn't having Christmas service, you'd probably be up at 6 to see what's under the tree. You know, So, at 8 o'clock, I'll get you in and out, and then you go on and get back to the tree. You can get up at 5 or 6 and go to the tree, and then make sure you're here by 8 o'clock. But, you know, and let it be about him on his birthday. Wouldn't it be kind of crazy if you had a birthday party you know, and you don't invite the, the guest of honor? Huh? You say everybody go and do their own thing? No, we don't want to do that. You know, so this morning, man. Obviously, our last Sunday before Christmas, which is coming up on this this Wednesday, and you know, we just want to take time out in every opportunity to tell people that it is Jesus. He was born and he did die, but he's not a baby no more. Just tell somebody he's not a baby no more. We 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 hear the manger stories, you know, and all that, and sometimes people keep him in the manger, David. You know they want to they want to keep men, but guess what? He ain't in the manger no more. Uh, he done, he done left the manger behind, amen. And see, I'm, I'm gonna mess up some other stuff this morning because I'm gonna let us know, amen. It's not about Santa Claus in the in the suit, and it's not about the reindeer, amen. So maybe if you've been letting your child know that, I'm gonna tell you right now. Stop lying to him, huh? It's about Jesus, amen. Okay. It's about Jesus, not about Santa Claus. It's not about Rudolph can't fly. I'm here just to mess up all the myths this morning, Amen. I just to inform the nursery is open for those who need the nursery, Amen. But I, you know, I just you know, I want I want to kill some of these things, Amen. Because truly, we want them to know it's Jesus. Just everybody say it's Jesus, Mary Jesus. Try to bring it home a little closer, Amen. Yeah. See everybody said Merry Christmas, but then you know, years ago, and I don't see it too much anymore. But it used to be, it got to the point for a while that it was, it was all about Xmas. They even took the Christ out, you know. But now, so so we got to be, you know, look at the world that we live in, and it's just amazing, Amen. what goes on, it's not about. Us giving and exchanging gifts amongst ourselves. It's about the gift that was given to us, Christ Jesus. Amen. He gave. And so what do we? what's the best thing we can give back to him? Ourselves. Amen. That's the kind of exchange, amen, that if that exchange doesn't take place, guess what? The rest of it really don't matter. Amen. Because the stuff you got last year, where's that now? Some of us don't even know. Some of us don't even rem- remember what we got last year. Huh? Some of us got stuff we ain't used yet from last year. In fact, I was, I was you know, doing some work in my garage here a couple of months ago, and I found a gift that never got unwrapped. It wasn't to me, but, you know, just, it never even got unwrapped. That's what I them, you know, because my wife wraps gifts, and she just sets them aside for this person and that person. If they don't get delivered, they just stay wrapped. You know, it's one of those gifts that just stayed wrapped and never got delivered, you know. But I thank God that the Christ child was delivered. And he did grow up. Amen. And then he had, this is the part I really like is, you know, he was delivered, he grew up, and then he delivered me. Amen. I've been delivered. Tell somebody, if, if, if you've been delivered, just tell them I've been delivered. Amen. So we we, we got to get there. We gotta recognize him. But you know, in order for us to do these things, he came that we might have redemption. That's what the you know Christmas is all about. It's redemption, it's being redeemed, it's being brought back into full and right relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. But you know, without you know, in order for that salvation to take place, there had to be an incarnation that happened. He had he had to become incarnate, Amen. He had to come in the form of man, and, and now, now the he that we're talking about is is the Lord himself. Amen. He had to take on that body, amen, in order to come. So, you know, we talk about the incarnation, and that's what I want to really just dig into this morning, is the, the power of incarnation. Amen? The power of incarnation. Amen? See, we, we talk about the birth and the delivery, but, you know, when you really stop and think about it, what that really is saying is this, that God, assuming a human nature in in the person of Jesus Christ, taking on the body of flesh, amen, not just a, a, a temporary, you know, vision or a, a temporary display as a theophany and when we see Melchizedek in the Old Testament, amen, but he took on, uh, uh, if I can say it like this, a perm- or a permanent or a semi permanent existence, a man in the earth for thirty-three and a half years. So that he could come a man incarnate in the presence of man, a man, to, to help us, to deliver us, to redeem us, a man from the fallen condition that we were in. That's what he did for us. Amen. So what does that what does that look like? What is the incarnation? It's a it's a Personification. Amen. Taking on that person. Amen. The embodiment. A manifestation. A materialization. Amen. He had to become real. He had to become tangible. He had to take on a, a body that would bleed. Hallelujah. Things he had to do to redeem you and I. You know, we remember, you know, the year, a couple of years ago, they had the movie Avatar. Amen. The guy that lay in the thing and then. You know, in that state, he would take on what was an avatar, a manifestation of the people that were trying to reach, you know. And that's, that's basically what Jesus did. He took on that body because he was trying to reach you and I. Amen. The fullness of who he was stepped into that flesh. And there's some things that, you know, as I've been you know looking at this thing, amen, and, and, and just looking at the parallels of what he's trying to do in us and through us, it just becomes louder and louder, amen. He took on a, a living form, a life form, in order to bring life, amen, to bring us from a dead condition, amen, spiritually, and bring us into a place that we, had to, that we could be in relationship with him. Aren't you glad about it? Hallelujah. Where we were and where God has come, amen, taken on that, that human form, God becoming flesh, hallelujah, to set things right, just for me, just for you. You know, and we can, we can get it mixed up in the midst of the coffee makers and the microwaves and the the gadgets and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But what it really comes down to is what he was doing. And this time of year is the time that we, we, we must be reminding ourselves constantly of what it is that he did for us. Amen. And yes, he came. And, you know, the, the the sad thing is there's still many people who doubt it, who, who have a, uh, still have a problem wrapping their minds around this this whole virgin birth thing. It just don't make no sense. Huh? But the good news is that whether they doubt it or not, it did happen. It's factual. It's, it's truth. Amen. And it did take place, and we are evidence of it as we're sitting here and we're overcoming circumstances and situations in our lives, we are evidence of that very thing that it came to pass. Go with me to John, the first chapter. The scripture bears witness, amen, that it took place. And, and then as we see it manifest in the lives of those around us, and in John, the 14th chapter, I mean, the first chapter, verse number 14, it says this, and the word was made flesh. And dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory, as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The Word became flesh. Amen. He didn't just talk about it. God took action. Amen. To to come and to redeem us to himself. Amen. From the, the fallen state that we were in. And I like that. Amen. He He took on flesh, and we're going somewhere this morning. I'm just praying that y'all hear, amen, what it is I want you to catch hold of. I think about, you know, last week as Pastor Linda was talking about the pregnancy, you know, and women being pregnant, amen, and not just women, but spiritually, amen, how we can all become pregnant with something that God has birthed in us, amen. And, and, you know, as I was thinking, I'm like, wow, this kind of, you know, dovetails right on what she was saying because God wants to produce something in you. He wants to produce something in every single one of us, Amen. But we got to be ready to allow that thing to to manifest. We got to be ready to allow it to come forward. We 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 can't get you know, as I was saying at the end of the service, Amen. We we can't get you know tired of it early in the process and decide, you know, I'm tired of being sick, I'm tired of short. No, you've got to let the birthing, amen, the growth take place. Get past the morning sickness, amen, get past all those things, and let it come to fruition of what it is God is trying to produce in your life. Don't, don't abort the process, amen. You know, but we've got to continue to go all the way through to what he wants to do. Go to 1 Timothy with me. We've got a few scriptures we're going to dig into this morning. hallelujah first Timothy the third chapter and we're still talking about how that he came in a body of flesh, but we want we need to really know who he was amen first Timothy three and sixteen and it says without controversy or without mean, without argument okay great is the mystery you know that you know that i i, I like that 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 opening phrase. It says, Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. In other words, there's no argument that it is a mystery. Amen. But I love the fact that God goes on to solve the mystery. Amen. But he said, God was manifest. Say manifest. That means made known. Amen. He was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached. Unto the Gentiles, that is us, believed on in the world and received up into glory. So we see, amen, that he came, amen, he, the word was made flesh. It says here he was manifest in flesh. I want us to get this. Jesus was tangible. He was touchable. He was, you know, they, they could handle him. They could talk to him, amen. He ate, he walked with them, he slept. All the things that you and I do. He had a body of flesh just like you. Amen. But notice that verse said, it didn't say Jesus was manifest in the flesh. What did it say? God was manifest in the flesh. That just takes it to a whole other level. Huh? That means when he wasn't just the Son of God. He was God in the flesh. Amen. Himself. Well, that's a whole other lesson. Hallelujah. But we need to get that. We need to understand who it is that we're dealing with. What it is that we're working with here, because that makes a, a a huge difference, Amen. When we begin to talk to people about what this season is really all about, God came all the way down here to rescue me, to to, to get me out of my condition, Amen. I told so, you know I, you know I just you know had a thought. They just keep coming anyway, but you know can you imagine trying to run from God? Anybody? I tried. But the thing about it is, when you try to run from God, you just gonna go in circles. How far are you gonna get? You gonna go in circles. You go around the world if you want. You still going in circles, you know? Because He's already there. You can't get away from Him. So you, you might as well surrender. Or you know, I was reading the commentary on last night. And it was saying it was talking about we only got one or two choices: choose Christ or choose chaos. Guess which one I chose. Amen. So we look at this thing. Amen? It says that God was made manifest. And then go again with me. to first John. I like to drive the point home. First <laughs> John one. Verses one and two. To that which was from the beginning which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. Who's he talking about? Jesus. He said, we we looked at him, we heard him, we handled him with our hands, for the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and heard, and bear witness, and showed unto you, that eternal life which was with the Father, which was manifested and made known unto us. He said, maybe you didn't see him, but he let him know we saw him, we touched him, we handled him, we heard him, we talked to him. You know, this is not a fairy tale. Amen. Amen. It's not a, you know, know, one of those little things that we just talk about, but there's no truth to it. It's not a myth. He's real. He was here. He came. God came in Christ literally to show us. Now, this is where it begins to turn because he came literally to show us what it is and how it is that he wants us to live, what he wants us to do. He didn't just come just to come and say, hey, I'm just visiting, but he came to be the perfect example. How many of us have perfect examples in our lives? If we look at our parents, our bosses, or no. the only perfect example that we can find, amen, was Jesus Christ. The only one. You know, I don't care how you know great we try to live, how good we try to do, we can't claim to be perfect. Right. Amen. But Jesus was the perfect example, amen, of how he wants us to live, and not just how he wants us to live, but what he wants us to do in the earth realm. And if we would get that, amen, realizing that everything that Jesus did, and he did some mighty powerful things, the miracles and the the teaching and the sermons and all those things that he did, but we recognize that all the glory of it went to who? The Father. You know, one thing I I like about the Lord, well, we're going to get to a passage here, but, but he didn't try to take anything on himself, although he knew who he was. He couldn't reveal to them who he was. So he came in the, in the person of Jesus Christ as the the Son of God, but yet he, he declared everything back to the Father. He continued to identify to the Father, yet knowing that he, was the, he had the fullness of the Godhead in him bodily, that he was God in the flesh. But the Bible lets us know that if they had known who he was, if they have really got it, if they had really understood it, they wouldn't have crucified the Lord of glory. So, but... He came for that purpose, knowing that he took on this body of flesh for for the reasons that he did, not just a single reason, but the reasons to be our example, to show us how, amen, to understand the feelings and all the things that we go through, and then ultimately to die on the cross, amen, that his blood might be shed to be the perfect and the final sacrifice that needed to be made. For you and he did all these things for us, but he couldn't reveal it too quickly. He was incarnate, amen, and that was a, a, a supernatural thing in and of itself. You just can't wrap your mind around how in the world can this young, and some say, you know, looking at different things, said Mary was it was 15 years old. Hello, yeah. Same age as my granddaughter. You know, a lot, a lot of times we see the, the, the story and we think Mary was grown, Mary was, You know, in our early 20s maybe or so, but this was a teenage pregnancy. Think about that. In our culture today, that would have been atrocious. 15 years old and you ain't even married and what kind of shame and 15. And God did it. tell you, when you stop and think about that based on our standards, that would be a shameful thing. Isn't right? But see, we, don't, we need to understand, we don't set the standard. God does. Amen? You know, we have our own standards and all that, and I won't really dig into all that, but God knew exactly what he was doing. And he knew exactly who to choose to do it. Amen and because he is so good here we are today still talking about it and he's still getting the glory out of it amen as we begin to understand more and more of what it was that he was doing but i i look at this 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 mystery amen of how he he actually came into the world amen and this of all things has got to be probably the hardest thing to, if not the hardest to understand how you can impregnate somebody without A man. I'm not talking about artificial insemination. Hello? Because you still had to have a man do something. Hello? I won't go too deep, but, you know. It might have been a bit removed, but there was still a man involved. Okay? Yeah, but we stop and think about this. You know, unless you are able to transcend to a spiritual understanding of how this can come to be, how this can happen, it just don't make sense. Amen. But the very fact, amen, is that the thing that's the hardest to conceive is the very thing that our whole faith hinges on. It's exactly what took place you know, in her conception of the Christ child. You know, everything else hangs on that. I mean, if, if if that could be disproved, then you know, we would not have a leg to stand on. But it's that one fact that makes Jesus' life, his existence, his, his birth, all that completely different than any other person that's ever been born. Completely different. No one came like he came. Nobody could make it the way he came into this world. So he's completely different than all those. Go with me to Luke, the first chapter. Hallelujah. His incarnation was a powerful thing, amen, that that broke all kinds and is still, you know, breaking all kinds of paradigms, amen. But the other thing I I want us to see, well, we're going to get to it in a minute, Luke 1 and 35. Trying not to get ahead of myself. And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. Who? The Holy Ghost. And the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Wow. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. That verse right there woo, says a lie. That the Holy Ghost, or some like to say the Holy Spirit, will come upon thee and the power of the highest, talking about the power of God. Shall overshadow you. And I like that overshadow, amen, because you know that's basically none of us like to be overshadowed. Huh? Amen. We we want to shine, we want to be out front, we want it to be about us. Huh? But he said, No, this power is gonna overshadow you. All your issues, all the things you got going on, all your plans, because you just inspired, you planning to get married, but this gonna overshadow all of that. Because I got a plan. And I'm gonna use you to bring it to pass. You know, we we, we like to think we're pretty smart, right? As we go through life and we get it together and we're doing this, that, and the other. But when God comes on the scene, y'all got we we gotta get this. When He comes on on the scene, He got the right to overshadow everything you thought you was gonna do, huh? And when we yield to Him, guess what? We'll come out a whole lot better than what we thought we were based on our plans, amen, and based on how we expect the things to work out. You know, I, you know, we, we should be saying, overshadow me, Lord, more and more. Uh, overshadow me. You can have your way in me. Because that's what he wants to do. That's, that's what his desire is, is to have his way in us. But as long as we want to be the one to shine and we want to be the one to get the accolades, amen. He he, he, he can't get the glory. So it's it's getting ourselves out of the way more and more. He said, you know, and and then I like the funny, he said, therefore, also the holy thing, the holy thing. Wow. Why would you call Jesus a thing? What's the Lord talking to him? Because he's, he's, you, you can't, you know, if you just say he's a man, then we miss it. Right? Come on now. And, you know, if he just said he's a child, he's not like any other child. I mean, in other words, he created a completely different category of being. Obviously. A completely different category of being in the Christ child. Not all God. Not all man. Watch out now. Watch what I'm saying but 100% of both. Only God could do something like that. There is no name for it that man knew, but now we understand it was God all by himself. 100% man, 100% God, at the same time, in the same space, and with, now, now this is the part that, you know, it took me a minute to really just grasp. It. Being 100% fully aware of who he was from day one. Now, see, we know he was a baby. Babies got to learn how to walk. Babies got to learn how to talk. But think about this holy thing. He's knowing everything, but can't reveal anything. I said, Hold oh, no, on, think, I, think, I, 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 I don't think y'all got it. Huh? As a one year old baby, one day old, knowing everything but couldn't reveal anything. Talk about the restraint. The yieldedness. To allow the flesh to fumble while the Spirit is saying, I got this, I'm holding it together. I need us to think about who it is that that, that we're talking about when we're talking about Mary's little baby. The song we used to sing back in the day, Mary's baby and Mary's God, is who he was at the same time. I can just imagine him playing, you know, with the other kids. You know how little kids do sometimes. They, they can do things, you know. Can you just imagine Jesus, you know, healing his little friends on the slide? Oh, it's not recorded in Scripture. I'm just saying, can you just begin to, to use your imagination to think about who it is that, that they were playing with? And they might have fell while the parents wasn't around, you know, and skinned their leg. Or, you know, and, I got you. We don't know that he did that, but we don't know that he didn't do that. Because little kids couldn't put it together anyway. So they weren't going to tell on him because they didn't realize what he did. I'm just helping us understand who it is that when we're talking about the Christ child, 100% man, 100% God, all by himself, holding the universe together while man was changing his life. Oh, see. Ooh. We got something to celebrate, y'all, who he was, and he kept it all, just like he holds the universe in check. He could hold all that power, all that knowledge in check while he was growing up through infancy and adolescence and as a teenager, you know, as a young man, you know, going you know, to the synagogue and seeing all the crazy stuff that was going on, but yet holding it together because it's not time for me to launch my ministry yet. It's not time. I'm 28 years old, but I gotta wait till I'm 33. It's not. It's not time. I gotta be 30 rather. I can't say nothing yet. I can't do. It. I can't bring no correction yet. I just gotta wait until the right time, until it's time for me to go. And start my ministry at the age I got to follow the Jewish law. I can't step out there. I can't reveal who I am. Not yet. And to hold all that in check. You know, for God, you know, for us, 30 years is a long time to hold a secret. Huh? Those can't hold a secret 30 minutes. Mm-mm. Not especially one that big. You try to plan a, a a surprise party for some folk, it'd it, it get out in two or three days. You'd be like, don't tell so-and-so because they, they can't hold nothing. But to hold that, oh, goodness. I'm just, you know, I, you know, I'm just in my mind just trying to still, you know, put it all together. Because even as we were talking, you know, with the leaders yesterday, there were still things, even after his revelation, even after his crucifixion and, you know, his, his ascension and all that, there were still things that he didn't reveal until later through the Apostle Paul. Things from the foundation of the world of what he wanted to do with us in the church, the Gentiles. This is the Christ child. Children, this is the Christ child. That, that, you know, when we see the little pictures of the baby in the manger, you know, you know all, all these things, amen, realizing that that holy thing was coming to rescue us, to make a way for us, amen. That his incarnation, the power of that incarnation, the power that Mary held in her hands, that she carried in her womb, amen, the power that Joseph, you know, was teaching as a young boy how to be a carpenter, not realizing, oh, goodness, who he was instructing sometimes like we as parents, sometimes we don't realize who it is that God has given us and our children, huh, same fashion, but we have to we we need to take notice, amen that they belong to him hallelujah, so I look at this incarnation, amen, and such. Such a way, amen, that he was incarnate, amen, he was designed, amen, to be an exact representation of his father. Well, I'm not talking about Joseph right now. To be an exact representation of God himself in the earth. Go to Isaiah 9 and 6 with me. Hallelujah. We read this scripture and we look at this scripture. Hallelujah. But in light of everything else that I've already tried to get us to grasp, it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. The government shall be upon his shoulders, that child. That's affirming him. It didn't say when he grows up he's going to get the government. huh? And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. That's who he was from the very beginning. You know, and then when the manifestation comes, when the operation begins to come, amen, we begin to see now who he really was and is. Amen. Matthew 1 and 18. I just want to hear a few scriptures right quick because I want us to get something. See, he was came to be the example, not, you know, close to, but an exact example of what we're supposed to be. Huh? Matthew 1 and 18 says, now the birth of Christ, Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph. Before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Wow. Before they came together. Before any, any you know, they, they was being good. They was following the law. They had morals. I ain't looking at nobody, but, you know, they, they, they were doing it right. And here come the Holy Ghost, mess up their plans. You know, he'll mess up your plans to do what he want to do. How I many of us like it when God messed up our plans? Oh, tell the truth now. We don't always like to do it. Well, uh-uh. We don't always, come on, we don't always like, you know, I, well, maybe it's just me. Okay, yes, I, I'm like Pastor Fair. I like the results. Amen. But there, there have been times in my life I had great plans, things laid out, and the Lord said, no, don't do this. You can't do that. I didn't like that, but you know what? I didn't have no choice. I would have liked it if he said, "Yeah, go on and do what you want to do, go on and do what you plan." And you know, if he'd have co-signed my plan, I, you know, I, I would have liked that. But you know, I gotta be honest—I didn't like every time. You know, when he kept changing things on me there for a while, I didn't like it. But I—I—I I, you know, I, I was obedient, and so I had to I had to trust him and I had to have faith. And, and, and he, he he taught me how to stretch out on faith. But I would have sure liked it if I'd have had more. Of what I could see my security. So I would be lying to you if I, if you know when he told me I couldn't do this or that, you know, I was like, Yes. No, that wasn't that wasn't no. His plan was different than my plan. You know, he messed up their plan. Go to Colossians one fifteen with me. We're talking about him being that representation of Christ. Amen. And we're going somewhere. We're still going somewhere. But I, I want us to get this. Or what it is that he did. Colossians 1.15 said, Who is, say is, he is. the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature, or in one translation, the firstborn of creation. Now, wait a minute. Now, see, I, I, I have a problem with that statement. Because when it says he's the firstborn of every creation, Jesus wasn't the firstborn. There was all kinds of people on the earth when he was born. So what's that that referring to? Obviously, it's not talking about natural. So we need to stop thinking in another realm. spiritually. the firstborn of that type of creature. The firstborn of that God creation. That firstborn of that kind of thing in the earth. That holy thing, he was the firstborn of, of a creature that embodies both man and God. Ever. Born that way. Get this. Uh huh. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Firstborn. First, first, first. That means first, you know, to me implies is what? There's going to be more. Hello. Just tell somebody they're going to be more. And they say he was the only, but he was the first. That that that, that blesses me, you know. When I begin to look at that, I say, "Wow, first of this whole thing." Back up to the eighteenth verse. I did this backward on purpose. Say, and he is the head of the body, the church, who is. The beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have preeminence. Are y'all seeing this? Are y'all seeing this? He's the head of what? Of the body. Which is what? The church. The lights should start being, being starting to come on about now of what God did. See, by birthing this holy thing that embodied both man and spirit and setting him head of the church, making the church, oh my goodness. What do we tell people? Where the head goes, The body shall follow. Mm, I guess I, I got to dig a little deeper. Y'all y'all, 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 not quite getting it. Y'all not quite getting it. Amen. Because see, this our incarnation, Amen. It, it 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 took things to a whole nother level. Because as we come into the church, into the body, we should be come just like Christ. We should be able to operate the same way because the body is given, I mean, the head is given direction to the body, the church. Now, now, get this. What's it saying in in Acts 1 and 8? Come on, let's go there. Got to help us this morning. Woo, help me, Holy Spirit. Are y'all there? What does it say? Ye shall what? Receive what? When? What? That's what? Who? It's come upon who? Do y'all see that? Now, what happened to Mary? The Holy Ghost came upon her, the Holy Ghost overshadowed her, and because of that, amen, she produced a holy thing. Now, as we become the body of Christ, we allow the Holy Ghost. We we yield ourselves. The Holy Ghost comes upon us. What should we be producing? Wow. Are, are, are y'all getting this? See, because you that, that tells me that you just not human no more. If you got the Holy Ghost on board. See, and, and, and let me see let me it like this. God don't piece himself out. Okay? When you got the Holy Ghost on board, you got the fullness of God on board. All the power and all the attributes of God are in his spirit. So therefore, if we really recognize, hey amen, what this does for us, Amen. It lets us know that I'm not just, I, I am now operating under the power of God in my life. Amen. I don't have to just be yielded to this flesh. Amen. I'm just not a natural man, but I'm a spiritual man operating in the way that he wants me to operate as long as I'm willing to yield to him. I've got to get myself out of the way. Hallelujah. I've got to say, Lord, have your way in me. God wants to do the same thing with us that He did through Jesus. But are we ready for the incarnation to take place in us? Huh? See, He made Himself a perfect body in Mary, a body that was unspotted, without sin, that man had nothing to do with. It meant to demonstrate with a body. That is coupled with the Spirit to do in the earth. And then he turned his attention to the body of the church and said, Guess what? I'm going to give you the same Spirit so that you can operate in the same way. But first of all, I got to get you purged, I got to get the sin out the way. That's why we need power. See, he said that you shall receive power. Amen. But see, the power ain't just to be a witness. The power is to overcome this flesh. The power is to help us to subdue this flesh. And like Paul said, "I I buffet my body. I bring it under. Amen. So that now that we can operate in the earth realm according to the spirit and not according to the flesh. Knowing that, amen, his spirit is resident with us. Just like it was with Christ. If we would just yield ourselves to it. Hmm. Go to Matthew 1. Hallelujah. Matthew 1, verse 22 and 23 says this. Now all this was done... I keep going back to this story on purpose. Because I want to pick this up. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child. What we were talking about earlier with Pastor talked Talk? But God wants to impregnate us with something. And shall bring forth a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God where? With us. God is not just up in heaven. He's right here with us. That'll make you happy. Huh? Amen. He's right here with us, but ooh, goodness. But the same thing if it was said in, in Isaiah 7 14, therefore the Lord Himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. But now, go to John with me. Book of John. God with us John fourteen Hallelujah God Verse number seventeen it says even the spirit of what? To whom the world what Cannot receive. Because this is not for the world. This is for the church. Huh? Now, see, when you come into the church, you can receive this thing. He said, whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, nor, I mean, neither knoweth him, but ye know him. For he dwelleth with you in what? Now, see, that takes you to a whole other level. Now we see he said, God with us, but he said, now once you really get to this place, amen, he said, I'm not just going to be with you, but I'm going to be in you. So now you got God on board, in the flesh, just like that holy thing. Amen. So now we, we we are a people, and when we really understand who it is and what we have, Amen, are able to, to do exactly what Jesus did, but if we don't wrap our minds around it, we'll still lean to the tendencies and the struggles and the limitations of our flesh. Rather than allowing ourselves to lock into the spirit to 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 activate the power, Amen, that rests within us. Because of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, the holy thing that he's creating us to be. So that now, get this, we should be able to be like Jesus. He was an exact image, a, a representation of God in the earth, and we too should be able to do the same thing. But well, Pastor David, how come we don't see that happening? Why don't we see it happening? Do we believe it? Do we lay hold to it? Do we do we take it to the next? I mean, we like we were talking about even yesterday. We we see we've seen glimpses of it, but we need to see more than just glimpses of it. We need to see it on a consistent basis. We, I mean, when Jesus walked the earth, Amen, and, and operated in his earthly ministries, we didn't just see glimpses. I mean, every day he was doing something that blew their mind. He was constantly messing them up, huh? And he never took it on himself. He never took the glory on himself. He was he was constantly healing somebody or doing. I mean, whatever he was doing, Amen, he was doing it as unto the Father, Amen. But he always, you know, see, this is one of the other perspectives I really want us to get. He never operated in his godly power while he was in the flesh. Everything he did he did it by faith. Because if he didn't then he wouldn't be a good example for us. He did it by calling on the Father. He did it by recognizing that, you know what? You have the power. So therefore, he's letting us know that we too can do the same things by faith by calling on the Father. That is what? Residence in us. Oh, God, the Bible constantly talks about he, he He desires to do, amen, according to the power that worketh with in us, amen, of his good pleasure. But it's already in us, but we have got to get to the mind that, you know what, I'm going to access this power. I'm going to unleash this power. I'm going to operate in this power and this understanding, amen, rather than letting the limitations of my mind stop me. Amen. from being who God has created me to be, who he's residing in me to be. Amen. But first, when, you know, like I said, our first obstacle is overcoming ourselves. Oh, you know, you know, wow. If, if, if we don't have enough faith and belief in God to get our own flesh in check, ooh, I'm, I'm talking to somebody. How much trouble we're gonna have trying to help somebody else. Hallelujah. The Spirit man is on board. Hallelujah. When we say we got the power of God, we we you know we've been filled with the Holy Spirit. We speak of other tongues and the Spirit of God gives utterance. All, all those things, but then what? you get through speaking in tongues. Then what? I mean, when we get through communicating with him, I'm not, you know, belittling. I I speak in tongues daily. You know, I'm constantly praying and talking to God. You know, so definitely I'm not belittling. I I thank God for it. But after that, where else do we use the power? How else do we use the power? Do we use it over our own minds, of our own thoughts, of our own actions, and because we we know it's real, we can use it in the lives of our children and our family and in those around us and I, this is what God is saying it must be this is what God is saying. we need to tap into that line, that vein, that place in God amen as we speak it, it shall come to pass as we believe it, it's able to happen oh I, you know we we've seen these things, I've seen great things in the kingdom. Hallelujah. But I'm I'm, I'm saying it's time for more. And I don't know what saying. Well, this is supposed to be a Christmas message. It is. It is. Hallelujah. I'm, 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 I'm giving you a gift right now. Huh? It's up to you to unwrap it. Huh? But we need to understand these things because... It's all around us, and it it required, amen, even doing these things, it required some suffering. Let's go to the the Hebrews. His incarnation, amen, it was, you know, the more I looked at it, hallelujah, the more we need to see Christ incarnate in us. Huh? Hallelujah. Hebrews, the second chapter in the tenth verse. I like this," one. It said, "for it became him, talking about Christ, for whom all things are, are all things, and by whom are all things, to bring many sons unto glory, to make the captain of their salvation perfect, huh? Through suffering. Wow." So what's that saying, amen? All the things that he did, everything consisted by him. If you read this whole passage, it lets us know just how powerful and his station in, in the midst of all things. But yet, in the middle of all that, he chose to suffer, amen, in order to bring us to glory. Suffer on the cross, amen, to go all the way to become not just the perfect example, but the perfect sacrifice. Ah, did I say that word? Because, see, that's the other part that we need to be ready to step into is to, to become a sacrifice for him. Amen. Remember I thought about how he overshadows our plans and our plans. Sometimes you need to be ready to sacrifice what you want to do, amen, to do what Christ said to do. To sacrifice what we feel or what we think in order to do what he says. To be that example that he wants us to be on every hand. Well, we're almost done, but I, I, I'm trying to help us to, to get to a place, to understand, amen, that it's all in us, amen. And as we walk day by day, amen, we all constantly have a choice. Now, may, maybe you haven't embraced the Holy Spirit yet, but you can. He said the promise is unto all. Hallelujah. And that's where our power comes from. That, that's the thing that is supposed to, and I said that on purpose, it's supposed to set the church apart from the world. That's the thing that's supposed to make us different than everybody else. Supposed to. Hallelujah. But if we don't use it, if we don't release it to do what it came to do in us, the world ain't going to see no difference. If we don't allow it to operate in us, amen, if we don't yield our our our, our consciousness, amen, to the voice of the Holy Spirit, it's not going to make no difference. The Holy Ghost said, don't go there, don't say that, don't do that. And you're like, psst. He's on board, but we ignored it. Then we say, oops. Well, you know, oops. We went past all the warning signs. You know, you're going 100 miles an hour, you see that sign that says curve up ahead, 35. You know, and on a wet road, you say, I got this. On, on, huh? You know, they, they got the little yellow sign. triangle. You know, make sure you see warning, warning. Slow down. On, Daddy, but we floor it. Shoot, I'm in charge. No oh, sign going to stop me. Oh, and then Holy Spirit giving us signs all along the road. Don't go there. No, hey, red flashing lights in our mind whole nine yards. And we just, I got this. Come on, come on. We go on right by it. it comes out our mouth. Or we engage in the action. And it's, it's, it's almost inevitable. And I won't say almost. It's inevitable that once we do that and we make a wreck of things, Then we're like, I wish I'd listened. Then we feel bad. But no, but I'm, I'm gonna say that the flesh don't feel bad. It's that spirit man. Huh? I get like way over here. I'm, I'm, let me let me get back to my passages where it's safe. Amen. But see, it's only only a person. Now notice the only way Jesus was able to do what He did. Is because the flesh was willing to cooperate with the Spirit. He had to be different than everybody else. And the only way we're going to be an example that God wants us to be throughout the year, even Christmas time, is that our flesh has got to be willing to cooperate. With the Spirit. See, we want the Spirit to cooperate with the flesh. What we want? We want the Holy Spirit to co sign on what we want to do. You know, we want to say, that's okay. You know, take me to a scripture that's going to validate what I want to do. Don't work that way. You know, um, I'm sorry. Sorry to bust your bubble. You no, but but it's not going to work that way. Look at Look at Romans, the eighth chapter. In the third verse. <laughs> Hallelujah! See, he says, for, for what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh. So we can put all kind of rules and parameters and everything out there, and we ain't gonna be able to keep, it. huh? Says God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. So, so when we yield to our flesh, we're yielding to condemnation. We're yielding to sin. Uh, Hello. Amen. He said, No. If we get on in Christ Jesus, what's the Bible tell us? There's therefore what? In them they are where. In Christ Jesus. Who what? Come on, y'all. Don't know the scripture. Those who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. See, if we walk after the Spirit, there will be no condemnation. Huh? Why? Because we're going to walk after the Spirit and ain't going to lead us into places where... See, well, we like to take that scripture and interpret it differently. I'm in Christ, so I know I messed up, so there ain't no condemnation, so... <laughs> We we, we 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 rewrite it, you know. We we we, we do some wordsmithing. and it, you know? We 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 stepping into the grace of God now. See, because He said there's no condemnation. I know what I did is wrong, and I might do it again, but there ain't no condemnation. But you got to read the rest of the story. He said, "Then uh, walk in the Spirit, and not in the flesh." Huh? That's that's what He's talking about. If we walk in the Spirit, no, there won't be no condemnation. Huh? Because why? You won't fulfill what? The lust of the flesh. But we gotta be ready to walk in the spirit in order to make that happen. Merry Christmas. Huh? That's what we got to do. we got to walk in the Spirit so we won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. I mean, it's thought life, it's actions, it's all these things, amen. It it all amounts to the same thing. If we're following, if we're allowing ourselves to be led by the Spirit, then we become that holy thing. And, And Christ is able to be made manifest in the earth, in you, in me, because we're walking like the holy thing. Amen. And we're living like the holy thing. And we're loving like the holy thing. Amen. Because I got his spirit on board in this flesh. Just like Jesus did. And I can do what Jesus did. Starting in me. And now I can be a blessing to somebody else. But if I don't get that. We're going to keep on looking for. You know. Ways around it. Well. God forgives me. Yes he does. But. But that's not where we want to hang out. Huh? We want to come into alignment with his spirit. We don't be yielded to him. Amen. So when we, when these things come upon us, we can say, "Nope. Not going there." And now we can we can be that light. We can be that example. We can lift him up so all men can be drawn unto him. Amen. But we do it by our living, not just lip service. Huh? One thing to quote the scriptures, another one to live it, huh? We we good at quoting them. We good at you know we we, we quote them. I shall not lie. thou shalt not steal. thou shalt not, you know and, you know we we quote the commandments and all that, but live them, huh? Say uh, let me let me stop. Well, you know what? Huh. go to Second Corinthians. Hmm. Only a person that's fully human and fully divine, a man, can do these things. What makes us fully divine? The Holy Spirit on board. It's not less because it's in you. God, God his spirit doesn't lose its divinity when he takes residence in you. Oh, say, <laughs> what are you talking about? The Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit. It's a divine spirit that is resident. We read the passage, he said, in you. Oh, we got all the power we need. same spirit that's holding the universe together, struggling to hold us together because we're not listening. In all cases. Let Let me... 2 Corinthians 5, 19. I got it I got it right. It says, for to wit, God was in Christ, and I'm putting that emphasis there, okay, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their transgressions unto them, and hath committed unto who? Uh-huh. Us. The word of reconciliation. In other words, Christ came to reconcile the world. Now he gave us the same assignment. That's what that scripture is really saying. He came, amen, not, not beating them up because of their sin. He came to reconcile them. Amen. And then he formed the church. He created the church. Amen. then he deposited his spirit in the church. And now he gave us the same assignment to reconcile the world unto himself. And we need his spirit in order to do that. In order to walk in the way that he wants us to walk. Amen. He gave us the word of reconciliation which is by his spirit. Remember how the scripture says, no man cometh unto the Father except what? Amen. He draw them. Amen. They got to come through him. Amen. So therefore, if we're his representatives and we're operating according to the spirit, amen, the drawing can happen through us. Huh? Not my flesh, but my yieldedness to the spirit of God. My yieldedness to be used and uh, allow him to operate in and through me Amen. Through my living, through my witness, amen. Through my testimony, he can draw them to Himself. Because what? I am not me. I'm the body. Christ is the head. We read that, and we are the body. So therefore, we function, amen, as the head directs. Oh, are, are, are we getting this? Huh? Hello. Hebrews 217 we almost done 17 and 18 says is wherefore in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself hath suffered being tempted, he is able to succor them that are tempted. Wow. Remember, we're not here to beat him up. We know what it's like. Christ came and he knows the temptations and the pulls on the flesh. So so, because we know what it's like see, you know one thing you know as as Christians, we can have the tendency to look down on others, because I'm saved. i don't do that no more, but then we we we, we have a tendency to forget am I talking to anybody we, we we can forget where he brought us from. You know, when you was the one in the booth in the back in the corner in the dark with somebody else's. When you was the one doing all the crazy stuff or online, you, you was the one, you know. And we can forget because now I've been cleaned up. I've been redeemed. I got the Holy Spirit. You don't let the Holy Spirit have you. Huh? So he said, no, because We know what it's like, he said, for in that he himself has suffered being tempted. He is able to succor them or comfort those that are in that same condition. Not beat them up, but to help them come on out. This is reconciliation, but he wants to do it through us. He wants us to to come to a place. Go to the fourth chapter of Hebrews, and I'm going to close after this. Hallelujah. 4th chapter in the 15th verse, he said, For we have not a high priest, which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Says that, and though he's been there, he knows what it's like to be tempted. But he was able to do it without sin. Why? Because he yielded to the spirit that was on board. We can do it without sin, but we gotta yield to the spirit that's on board. You know, I've heard teaching over the years. Well everybody sin. Everybody's gonna sin. Yeah, we you sure will when you're not yielded to the spirit. When you're not surrendered to the spirit, huh, Yeah, all of us, amen. Yeah, everybody's said Everybody everybody's All have sinned. Huh? I always gotta go back there, you know, because they like they like to quote that all have sinned. Have past tense. I have not found the scripture yet that talking to the church that says all shall sin. It says all have. And when we come to him, amen, that is able to be past tense in our life. Huh? What's it say in Romans six chapter? Shall we continue in sin? That grace might abound. God forbid. God, what? How oh, can He forbid something that we can't help but do? That would be unfair of God. He told Him. Let me stop. See, I, I, I can just go on, but, but y'all, y'all hear what I'm saying? We have everything we need. To live like Jesus. Right. Amen. Amen. But we just gotta learn to yield to the Spirit of God that's resident. Holy oh, Ghost people that's resident on board. That means you know but the problem is that when we when we embrace that, it steals away all our excuses for acting crazy. If I'm, if I'm really going to live according to the Spirit, I can't act crazy. I can't yield to my flesh. The Spirit ain't going to have me cussing. The Spirit ain't going to have me puffed up and getting mad at everybody, showing my behind. The Spirit is not going to have me doing things I ain't got no business doing. So if, if I send to yield to the Spirit, i got to love you when you mistreat me. i got to do good to them that despitefully use me. If I'm going to live according to the Spirit, oh my goodness, if I'm going to live according to the Spirit, i got to humble myself. As Christ humbled himself unto the death of the cross, are you ready to die yet to yourself? That's what it's gonna take to live according to the spirit. You gotta die. And let Christ rise. But as long as you ain't ready to die, you're not gonna live according to the spirit. Oh, we have spirits on Sunday morning. Hallelujah. Thank you. We have spirits. When I'm talking about living according to the spirit, hey amen, I have to forgive. And hold no record. Zero. Burn your files. Hold no record of wrong. That means I got to treat you like you never, ever, ever hurt me. If I'm going to live according to the spirit. I got to be like Stephen, Father, forgive them. If I'm going to live according to the Spirit. All my excuses are nailed to the cross. If I'm going to live according to the Spirit. I got to be completely and fully yielded to God. If I'm going to live according to the Spirit. This is what he's talking about. This is what his word is telling us. So, I mean, all those attitudes and all those feelings and all those ungodly things, they just got to creep on up out of here. I got to be more understanding with people when they do stuff. I got I to learn. I really got to learn how to, to look beyond their faults and see their needs. If I'm going to live according to the Spirit, where does that leave room for me? Where am I? But then I'm reminded of what the Apostle Paul said. The life that I now live is not I, but it's Christ that liveth in me. I really come to a realization that it's, it's not about me. I gave him my life. that way I got no more rights. I can make no more demands, but I make myself available to him, and I truly exercise the scripture that says, "Seek ye first the kingdom and his rights." And guess what? He supplies all of my needs. And he takes care of all those things. He said all these things will be added to you, but as long as i got to put him first, then I become that example he wants me to be. I'm manifesting Christ in the earth. The, the incarnation has become carnate in me. I'm no more carnal. I'm incarnate now. I've become like Christ. I'm a personification of him. I'm the embodiment of his spirit. I'm the manifestation of his love and his forgiveness in the earth. This is what he's calling us. Oh, I know, I know. It's just too hard through earth. No, it's not. We just got to be ready to surrender. We just got to be ready to yield to his spirit. And this is what I'm praying. I'm really, really praying for as we, we move into this next year as we Move into the next stage of being who God has designed and created us to be. As we move into a place of really entering in through fasting and prayer and meditating upon his word. So we'll we'll get into a position that we are ready to surrender ourselves to God. Oh, he gave it all for us. But. How much have we been really willing to give him? We give him 100%. We're going to get a whole lot more in return.